Tonight we want to talk about something very important for each one of us. Yes, God's word is important straight through. But tonight what we want to talk about, we want to talk about something that is more valuable than the thing that we need in each of our lives. The thing that helps us. I just want to show a video and I want you just to pay attention to this. everyone life the greatest story ever told that's hardly ever told God yes God the maker and giver of life and by life I mean any and all manner and substance thoughts image emotions love atoms and oceans God all of it is handiwork one of which is masterpiece made so uniquely that angels look curiously the one thing in creation that was made with his imagery, the concept so cold. It's the reason I stay bold, how God breathed in a man and he became a living soul. Formed with the intent of being infinitely, intimately fond. Creator and creation held an eternal bond. And it was placed in perfect paradise till something went wrong. A species got deceived and started lusting for his job. An odd list of complaints as if the system ain't working. And used that same breath he graciously gave us to curse him. And that sin seed spread through our soul's genome. And by nature of your nature, your species, you participated in the mutiny. Our, yes, our sin. But here's where it gets interesting. I hope you're closely listening. Please don't get it twisted. It's what makes our faith unique. God sent himself as Jesus to pay the cost for us. His righteousness, his death, functions as payment. Yes, payment. Wrote a check with his life, but at the resurrection, we all cheered, because that means the check cleared. Pierced feet, pierced hands, blood-stained son of man, fullness, forgiveness, free passage into the promised land. That same breath that God breathed into us, God gave up to redeem us. By simply believing in Christ and Christ alone, you are receiving life. Yes, life. This is the gospel. God, our sins, paying everyone life. Like I said, we want to talk about the most valuable lesson or message that you could ever think about as we consider our lives and we consider the gospel. If I had to ask you, what is the gospel? What would you show the gospel is? What's the gospel? Bible, okay. What's the gospel? Jesus dying on the cross and raising from the dead, right? So the gospel is very key for all of us. If we consider ourselves a Christian, if we had the if the gospel was fake or the gospel wasn't real, we live in a lie. We're believing a lie. But we know the gospel is real. That Christ saw in us that we messed it up. We sinned. And he had to come and he had to send a son to pay the price for us. And let's be honest. If we go into a store, right, and you don't have enough money, what's going to happen? You can't get what you want, right? Unless someone is being gracious to you and said, you know what? I will let you get that. But that doesn't happen too often, right? 
too often in our lives, we don't see that. People aren't that nice, right? People will say, well, forget that, right? You can't, you cannot get it, right? But when we consider the gospel message, Christ paid the price for us in full. But tonight, we need to recognize that where we are in our lives, we need to recognize that in our lives, we are sinful people. And that's where God comes in. And if you have your Bible, you could turn to Ephesians chapter 2. And I don't know why it went off on the screen, but I will read it for you. And I want you to listen, all right? Because we need to understand exactly how wicked each one of us is. And it starts off, and it says this in verse 1. And you were dead in the trespasses and sins, in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. You see, until we can understand where we once were, the gospel does not become real in our lives. You see, we need to understand that each one of us, before, if we call ourselves Christian, before we came to know Christ, we were living this world and we were in this cause of following Satan and doing whatever he wanted us to do. You see, I think that sometimes when we have to go back to each one of us because I think that sometimes we lose where we were. The reality is that some of you in this room, you are still down that course. You are down the course of life that you are just going and you're going and you're going. And you know what? Your life has no meaning, no purpose. You see, we once walked that, that line. We once walked that way if we call ourselves Christians. You see, we needed someone to pay the price. We needed someone to come and, and, and take our sin upon themselves, and that was what Jesus did. And verse 4 is, is such a key because if, if we just left it right there, we would be finished right now. Because we would be going down this course of the world and we would be living our lives and without no hope. But there's two simple words that follows in verse 4. And in verse 4, it starts up by saying this, but God. But God. Two three-letter words. But what does that mean? What does it mean, but God? Well, it means this, but God being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead and our trespasses made us alive together with Christ, by grace you have been saved. You see, we need to understand exactly where we were. We need to understand what we have come from, what Christ has saved us from, because each one of us, we are destined on this road to hell, to spend eternity of punishment. But God, verse 6, and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly place in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages he might show the riches of his grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. 
You see, Christ loved us so much that he didn't want us to stay dead in our sins and trespasses. He wanted to make us alive. You know, I'm sure probably everyone, most people in this room, and some people need to get up their cell phones. You know, when you consider, as most people know in this room, Billy Graham just passed away. Today was his funeral, right? And you know what's amazing? To hear what his son said, even after his dad passed away, he said this, my dad is more alive now than he's ever been. Because he died with a relationship with Christ. You see, but there are some people in this room, if you die now, you don't have that same hope. If you die now, you know what happened? It's just another person dying. No hope. Just another statistic. But God, but God, rich in his mercy, and his grace wanted a relationship with us. Ephesians 2 verse 8 says this, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God. You see, we need to recognize that this grace is a free gift for us. We can't buy grace. We can't come to church enough to earn grace. We can't work hard enough for God's grace. You see, grace is a free gift that none of us in this room deserve. None of us. I don't deserve it. You don't deserve it. You see, grace is a gift. I want you to imagine for a second, as you consider your life and you consider, you know, something that you really want in life, whatever it may be, and somebody gives that to you and says, you know what, I know you can't afford this and I want to give this to you. How would you feel? You'd feel pretty good, right? You'd be happy, right? That's what Christ did for us. Grace. Grace is a word that we like to throw around the church so often. <laughs> but how many of us really knew what grace is? How many of us deserve grace? None of us. None of us deserve grace. But Christ paid it. It says, and this is not your own doing. There is nothing that you can do to earn this. You could have all the money in the world. You can come to church every time the doors open. You could help the old lady across the street, go get her groceries. You could do all these things. But if you haven't accepted God's grace, the free gift of salvation, it means nothing. 
which brings us to the last verse. Not a result of works, so that no one may boast. You see, for some of us in this room, you can practice and you can do a lot of things. And you know what, what happens? Is you can become the greatest basketball player, the greatest track star, the greatest musician. You can practice and you can practice and you can practice and you can brag upon yourself and say, I'm the best at this. But you can't boast in yourself because of the grace of God. Because you did nothing. The only boasting you should do is boasting towards him and pointing people towards him. You see, I think too many times in our lives, I think that sometimes because we live in a place like this and we hear the gospel so many times, that doesn't matter to us. You ask the Irish Bahamian, what is the gospel? I know Christ died for my sin, he rose again. But do you mean that? Do you believe that? You see, like I said, there are some of us in this room that we are on a path that we are looking forward to. And we say, you know what? If something happens to me now, I will be in a better place. But there's some of you in this room tonight that if something was to happen to you, life just got worse. As bad as you think you may have it now. Because as bad as the world is now, being separated from God forever and having no hope, that's the worst life you could have. So I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you to recognize this. That if you don't know Christ, you're Lord and personal Savior. You have no hope. But I also want to challenge those of us who know Christ as our Lord and personal Savior. Because we need to recognize that as the gospel changes us, it needs to be changing us. The gospel isn't something that we accepted when we wanted to come to know Christ, our Lord and personal Savior, and we left it there. No, it's something we live every day. We live the gospel. Our lives need to be gospel-centered. What does that mean? That everything we do is about the gospel. You know, there, there are people who are very hard to get along with, right? That's where grace comes in. And when we consider what Christ did for us, the Bible tells us this, that we were his enemies. We wanted nothing to do with God. But it all goes back to verse 4. But God. But God. So how do we apply this? Because of God's grace, we can live the gospel-centered life. Because of God's grace in us, because we cannot do it on our own. If Nicholas was the person living right now, 
and it was not the Holy Spirit living through me, there's no way I could live the gospel-centered life. Because in myself, I'm desperately wicked. I want the things of the world. I crave those things. But God changed all that. And he changed that by sending his son to die for us. And not just to stay there, but to be raised up. So again, I challenge you. If you don't know him as your person, say, talk to one of the leaders. That's what we're here for. But if you do know him, live the gospel-centered life. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for tonight. And we thank you for your love. We thank you for your grace, your mercy. And Father, we pray that you just continue just to be honored in everything that we do. Father, I pray that we as believers, that we would live a gospel-centered life. But for those who don't know you, Lord, they would come to know you. And I just thank you and I just pray this and everything else in your name, that you would get all on the glory and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. 